welcome back to the podcast. This is with a that wasn't very good. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least we're recording. <laughs> um, I started this episode by actually no, hang on, back it up. I didn't start the episode. Before we started the episode, I looked at Mary and asked if we were recording, knowing damn well that I'm the one that hits the button, knowing also that we were not recording. So that's where we are on this Sunday morning. <laughs> yes. So with that, welcome back. I am your co-host, Holly Stark Pocket. And I am your co-host, Mary. No last okay. name today. <laughs> so this 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 week we are Beyonce again. Yeah. Um last last week we were Sorensen. The week before I think we were Sorensen. So it's always something new here. And that's what I really appreciate about us. Yeah, for real. I'm always, I'm always adapting up. new identities. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so with that, we are back this week with another guest and I'm very excited. We have uh, had a little guest break. I feel like just as we've been mm-hmm. transitioning and transitioning uh, into summer, um, you and I have been busy. Other people are busy. Other I feel like this busy, is something yeah. that we've noticed too, like last summer. So it was nice to actually get to chat with someone. So we had Dr. Varun Gandhi on, um, and he actually reached out to us based on hearing the podcast, which again, we've talked about before. We, that's how we met uh, Dr. Stefan Zavala, Zavalin. I always call him the last name, wrong last name. Um, that's okay. But that's how we you know, met him as well. So it was really cool to have another guest reach out to us and um, it was also just very fascinating. And I, I mentioned this in the episode that Varun kind of had a similar journey with getting into spirituality as mm-hmm. I did. Um, obviously I've met a lot of people within my spiritual journey at this point. Um, and a lot of people obviously do utilize meditation to kind of get into things. Uh, but I felt like we had like a very similar headspace when we kind of found meditation and then really u- utilize that to like catapult our journey into everything. So I found that really fascinating. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, that's kind of a cool little connection. Yeah, 100%. And the way that he takes negative things that have happened to him Mm -hmm. and has steamrolled ahead to make those into positives and to transform his life because of them. Like, I think that that's just very cool. Definitely. And I think that most people like don't like to see like the bad things that happen to them as a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was kind of like a wake up call for me, at least like, yeah. Just because things don't go your way don't mean it doesn't really. mean that like it's not going to get better. Yeah, really have like that that perspective, like or shift being able to shift your perspective. Yes. When you're having like that more negative type of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into this episode though, I wanted to ask, how's your week been? My week has been very rushed. Yeah, how so? I just feel like I didn't so the whole like I'm really trying not to say like I've been working on it, it all I, I week. I've been working on my arms. Yeah, that too. I've been John, working on my arms. After oh. I listened to the one clip that you played for one of our like slides, hmm. I said like seven times in the in the tiny little clip that you had. I didn't even notice, or else I probably would have chosen. I listened to it and I was like, so "What sorry. is wrong with me?" I wasn't trying to like call you out by doing that. <laughs> no, I would. I just. I couldn't believe it. Anyways, I felt very rushed. The saying, what's the plan one? What? Like where it's like plan to fail. If you don't plan. plan Yes. So I didn't plan this week at all. Moral of the story, didn't plan. Yes. And I had so many things like dinners with friends, going to the office, 
like just everything. So I was just so busy. So I just felt like my whole schedule was shifted and changed and didn't feel like comfortable. But -hmm. towards the end of the week, I finally got back into a routine and the latter half of my week was very good. The beginning of the week was very stressful and socializing still, it runs my battery out so quickly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Sorry. I was having hiccups. No, you're okay. Um, So yeah. Yeah. I feel like I definitely feel that I was just talking to my therapist, even about like the bachelorette weekend, a couple weekends ago, I was like, you know, I'm so happy that I I went and you know, my anxiety Mm -hmm. was really well. I was like, but by Sunday I was ready to come home. And I was like, I was like, one, I've just missed, you know, being home, being Mm -hmm. an introverted person. I was like, but two was like, even though it was, you know, good friends. And it's not like I was socializing all day. Like I know we talked about, you know, a couple of episodes ago, like I had a lot of morning time to myself Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but it's just like, after like socializing so much, it was like, you know, two and a half days of like full on socializing basically. And after like three years of very limited socializing, um, I was like, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm tired. Exactly. It's just like the social battery empties so much quicker. I feel like it's definitely it's like when you have an iPhone and they put out a new iPhone and then your, your, and then your, your iPhone, iPhone starts dying all the time. <laughs> it's exactly like that. So that was me. I did, um, adduction and abduction workouts too. So okay. my inner thighs are burning. I'm walking like a, like I'm riding a horse. Like I just got off of a horse. Like it hurts so bad, So funny. but it's okay. It's a good hurt. So what about you, Holly? How was your week? Um, my week wasn't too bad. I had off on Monday. We had off for Juneteenth. Um, so it was my second Monday off in a row. Cause I had been off the following or the previous yeah. Monday, uh, for from the bachelorette party. So it was, that was kind of fun and exciting. Um, but I kind of used Monday. I was like a catch up day. I got done, like just got a bunch of my stuff done mm-hmm. from that. I didn't get done on the weekend. And then I played a lot of Sims, which I was very excited nice. about. Um, I, for anyone who's interested, uh, got the new werewolves pack and I am having so much fun becoming a werewolf. <laughs> and uh, yes, speaking, cause these were your two notifications were the werewolf and the Whitney Simmons collection. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, you know, now that I've uh, completed both my aspirations of werewolves and Whitney Simmons collections in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so that was good. And then throughout the actual work week, um, I was just very busy, like at, at work this week. So I felt like on my, my kind of evenings and stuff like that, it was definitely of a lot of relaxing, but, um, I've been very proud of myself. Something that I've been working on a lot, you know, with my routine building and stuff like that is also just bringing in more of my own Reiki practice for like myself. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, this, and I was doing it in the morning at first and I just, as we've talked about, sometimes I like not doing a ton in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to get more into that here in just a second. Um, some realizations, but, uh, with that, I've been doing my Reiki in the evening when I'm like doing my stretching and stuff like that. And I've nice. been really proud that I've been like showing up and doing like those little things every day for myself, like, uh, in, in, like along with my stretching. Um, so I also have just been feeling like that has helped me stay more balanced, especially because work has been so busy. Um, it's like, wow, working on my energy centers daily, it really helps. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, but something I was going to say is I sent you a TikTok uh, this week. Um, and it was a girl talking about with her ADHD, how she has always had this, like, I don't want to say issue because that's not the word I, I think it 
is, but like, that's the best word I can think of, of like, when you have like an appointment at one or you work at 11, you know, whatever it is, you feel like you can't do anything until then. Like your day doesn't Mm -hmm. start until then. And I have always felt this way since I can remember, I have felt this way. I remember when I worked at like in high school at target. And if I worked at 4 PM, I felt like I could do absolutely nothing. Not, Mm -hmm. I mean, of course I would do little things, you know, at home, but like, like 4 p.m. I could have went out and had like lunch with friends, could have went shopping, could have got laundry done, you know, but it's like, I, I wouldn't. And I realized after seeing this TikTok that it also, you know, could be part of the ADHD, um, yeah. which I never related those two together. So that was a very like interesting realization for me to stumble upon this week. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something I wanted to like learn a little bit more about so I can see, can I better work with myself? Because while I have been getting better at like doing some things in the morning and not feeling like paralyzed by my anxiety necessarily, I'm curious if I kind of start working better with maybe my ADHD side of things, if that will help me just get more done in the morning. Cause I feel like I always used to be a morning person, you know, like we've talked about before. Yeah. And I feel like because I've been struggling with the anxiety side so much, like feeling into like both of these, I just, I'm curious of like what maybe I can, I can help uncover about myself to maybe work with that trait because I don't really love it. That's amazing. I think the internet can be such a toxic place, but as of recent, people talking about their experiences or I think everyone on the internet right now who has ADHD is really learning that they have ADHD and the things that maybe they just thought were normal for them are related or correlate Mm -hmm. to so I think that that is just such a a great thing that you can go on and like find things that are happening yeah yeah so it's uh it's been a an interesting uncovering type of week slow slow uncoveries you know what I mean I love it though I'm so like I'm so proud of you and your journey with like finding all that out too because I feel like it makes you feel seen yeah. For lack of yeah. a better word. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's just been interesting, like figuring things out that like I've been doing since childhood. I'm like, oh, oh, oh this it's all like, makes sense. Yeah. And it's like in my, in my head and like, I've talked about this with my therapist, like I never want to be like, oh, that's because of my ADHD. Like, because I never want to blame things on something necessarily. But it correlates it's or like, like goes in hand in hand like, with oh, it. It's because of not treating this that I may have been doing these things my whole life. But yeah. now that I'm working on treating it, maybe I can change these patterns type of thing. But yeah. I've been trying to change my verbiage because I don't want to be like, well, it's because of my ADHD, because I feel like a lot of things might be because, quote unquote, of our mental health issues, but they don't have to be that way. And I feel like when yeah. you just say it's because that way, it very sounds um, like very much manageable concrete type of thing. Yeah. Where, like, I want it to be like a manageable thing. I hope that made sense. It makes sense in my head. It made sense to me. I mean, I hope hope it makes sense to all of our listeners, but I totally followed you. I I agree. Like you were saying, to not make it concrete, but to make it manageable. Yeah. This isn't who you are. It's something that you have. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And so with that, now that we've rambled on, let's jump into this week's episode. What's new here? We always ramble. Um, (laughs) Let's jump into this week's episode and we'll see you guys on the other side. Thank you. 
we are back with another guest, which has been super exciting because we've had a little bit of a kind of summer break recently. It's just been Mary and I, or me that you've heard recently on the podcast. So very excited to be bringing you guys Dr. Varun Gandhi. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, and to just get started, can you just tell us who you are and how you show up in this world? Sure. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Mary. Love and abundance, everyone. Um, I, you know, one of my titles is called a life orchestrator. And essentially what that is, is uh, I love helping people put together things like orchestrate things. So say, for example, you have a business idea that you want to put together. So I help people, you know, start from an idea all the way into something that's, uh, you know, an established business. Or if it's a, uh, you know, like an event, people have an idea for an event and they want to take it all the way through. So I love orchestrating things uh, and then applying that same idea to, to our personal lives. You know, everyone, every individual person has a story that they're trying to orchestrate for themselves, you know, like manifest something. So I help people, uh, people individually coach them through, uh, you know, manifesting something that they want in their lives. So it's orchestration on multiple different levels. Uh, along with that, I, uh, and I'll, I'll go into this, uh, uh, you know, later is uh, I love helping people who need the help, you know, like it's philanthropy. Uh, and uh, that's at the heart of my everything that I do. Uh, and that's, that's how I like to show up in this world. I love that. I love that. And so kind of like going back to your creation story, I guess we could call it, how did you start like really getting into this sort of work and kind of stepping into like this version of yourself that you are currently? Yeah, you know what, I'll go back all the way. Uh, my story began, I was born and brought up in Dubai. I lived there for 15 years and I moved to America two months before 9-11. Wow. Uh, so moving here was difficult. I was very, uh, you know, in, in Dubai, we had an education system where, uh, you know, you go from, go into one school and you stay there for 12, 15 years, you know? So we had uh, our kindergarten and first all the way through 12th grade, all in one school. So I'd been in the school for such a long time, like 12 years at this point when I left. I knew a lot of people there, all the teachers, a lot of friends, you know, so it was in that very familiar environment. And I hated leaving that, coming to America, uh, into an environment where I didn't know anyone. I had uh, you know, a couple family members in the city that I lived in. Uh, but when I, went to when I went to high school, 11th grade, you know, I mean, 11th grade, everyone's made their cliques, formed their mm -hmm. group. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to get into that you know, phase in life, yeah. uh, trying to make friends and things like that. So, it, the first couple of months was very difficult and I was grateful to my mom uh, for kind of pushing me through every day, like in the sense that, uh, you know, I'd wake up not wanting to go to school and, you know, I'd cry and moan and groan about it. Uh, but it was my mom that said, you know what, just go one more day. Just try out today, see how it is. And every day I just kept getting better and better. And finally I made some friends and I was uh, you know, able to cope up with, uh, with the life in America, this whole new life for me. Well, uh, and then I... Yeah, when I moved here, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go through the regular phases in life. Hey, I'm going to go from high school, graduate, go to college, graduate, go to an advanced degree, find a job, you know, that kind of the traditional mm -hmm. lifestyle. And I was, you know, it was like, if you're talking about different levels in a game, I, I, I made it all the way through an advanced degree, like 10 years of college. Uh, and then I graduated with a doctorate, a PhD in environmental engineering. And, uh, I found my dream job, a job that I thought was going to make me, you know, happy with all of the blessings, all the money, everything that I, I needed in life, right? Well, yeah. I got everything, but I still wasn't happy. You know, I, I worked in this job for about a year, a uh, year and a half, and then I started having these pains in my solar plexus, my stomach region. And it started off with like a subtle pain, 
very, you know, and over time, every morning it grew and grew and grew. And finally, about three months in, it was like every morning it'd wake up and bam, it was right there in my face, that pain. Mm -hmm. So finally, I was like, you know, I have to do something about this. I don't want, I don't want to live with this pain anymore. It wasn't something that was you know, like a physical condition with my body. Uh, and uh, so I kind of unconsciously sat down with myself. I wasn't very conscious at this point in my life. So very unconsciously, I sat down with myself and started asking questions to this pain, like, let me see what I can uncover from this. Like what message yeah. is giving me there? You know, and uh, one of the things that came up was purpose. Like, what is your purpose with this job? Why are you waking up every morning going to this job where, you know, maybe overall contribution, even though I felt like it was something meaningful because I was working with uh, treatment systems, like water treatment systems that uh, you know, make sure that we have, we have clean drinking water in our houses, right? So it was important public health work. Uh, but my contribution to it, I felt was very minuscule, like maybe 0.2%, if that, you know, like very tiny. I felt like there was something greater out there for me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what this pain was telling me, that there's something greater out there. I didn't know what it was, right? So what I did is I said, you know, at that time, I kind of came up to this, that I'm going to leave this job behind, leave this career behind. I had tried looking for other positions and other companies thinking, okay, maybe it's this company, but sure. it really wasn't that. It was a whole career. Uh, and so at this point I said, you know what, I'm going to leave this career behind, but naturally, uh, I had resistance. My parents were against it. You know, I had to fight people. Uh, I, I talked to some friends and they were supportive that they had just recently, uh, left their job or they were thinking about it and they were encouraging me like, Hey, it's the right decision do it. You know, you'll figure it out type of thing. But I was still very hesitant about it. So I finally took some convincing to myself. And once I convinced myself, then I had to convince my parents. And all of that took about three months. And finally, uh, Thanksgiving time, I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here. So I gave my five-week notice to the company. And I said, I'm gone. I'm leaving. And so this was all in Idaho. Now, there was a simultaneously, there was something else that was going on. This is all I just spoke about my career. Uh, right before I moved to Idaho for this job, I was in a re serious relationship. And at that time, I just gotten out of that relationship. It was a two-year relationship. I thought she was the one, you know, we were going to settle down. I already imagined that perfect life in the suburbia with two kids and a dog and a house and living the American dream, right? Right. Uh, and I, I had this picture in mind and finally everything just fell apart. Uh, this was six months before I was graduating from my PhD. So this was like, a, not, not even six months, actually like three months before. Wow. Uh, just a summer difference. Yeah. And uh, so it was a rough time for me. Uh, the first, again, the first like three, four months, I would you know, wake up in the morning, not accepting my reality, like not wanting to be in this new mm -hmm. reality, right? Like mm -hmm. I was so programmed in that, uh, in that alternate reality where I was with her, that this new one is so like traumatizing that I would wake up with tears in my eyes, like not wanting to, you know, live this reality. Yeah. Uh, and I remember you know, this was crunch time for me. The first couple of months I was just graduating. So I was writing my dissertation, you know, putting in long hours. So I, I needed to focus. But if I had this, oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> I can't like to join sometimes. Oh, I love that. Um, and so, you know, I had to like put in long hours, put in focus, but I was feeling crappy. So the one thing that helped me was Jon Stewart. His daily show was on TV and Comedy Central. Really mm -hmm. funny, really, you know, like <laughs> it always put me in a good mood. And I was just recently watching, he got the Mark Twain prize uh, for comedy. Uh, just a couple yeah, of years ago. yeah. So I was watching all of those speeches right before this uh, interview. And, uh, you know, 
so he, he kind of made me feel better. And then I was able to go about my day and graduate and finally, you know, move, move on through. And then when I, pick, when I took that job, that was the only offer I got. That was the only interview I had, the only offer I got. And I was moving from Atlanta all the way to Idaho. When I got the interview, I didn't even know Idaho existed, right? And so then I flew out there. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm, I'm going to love it here. But that kind of represented this whole uh, movement into the cave, like, you know, the darkness, like going into that darkness. Sure. And this was that moment. But instead of doing the work, you know, sitting with myself and really kind of understanding what happened in that relationship, what was my contribution to it? Instead of doing all that, I said, you know what? I'm just going to distract myself with everything that I could find. So the first year was, uh, you know, meeting new people, partying it up, drinking a lot of alcohol, drowning out the pain. There was a lot of pain and suffering, but I did everything I could to run away from it. Uh, about a year, year and the three months into it, I said, you know what? I'm killing myself every Friday night, Saturday night. We, you know, three, four of us would get together and drink a liter of alcohol, like a whole bottle of alcohol, uh, sure. whiskey every night you know, Friday, Saturday. And so this, this happened for like a year plus. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm just uh, ruining my body. My health is deteriorating. I feel like crap. 2 p.m. comes around. I need another, uh, you know, hit of caffeine or mm -hmm. I couldn't stay awake at work. Um, and so all of this was kind of getting to a head. And uh, at that point, I realized, you know what? I need to do something. I need to wake up and, you know, uh, move past this life and move past this pain and suffering. And so that's when I read this book, uh, by Deepak Chopra called The Book of Secrets. And it, uh, at that time, I was very, just getting into my uh, spirituality. So this book was very high level, 95% of it I didn't understand. That little bit that I picked up was uh, meditation. And that word stuck with me. So now I uh, moved from Idaho, come back to Atlanta. At that time, I realized, you know what, I want to create a new habit with meditation, and, you know, to incorporate meditation in my daily mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And so I uh, started meditating. You know, when I moved to Atlanta, I moved into a one bedroom or a two bedroom. It was a friend's place. I kind of rented a bedroom from him. All of my belongings was in, it was in the room. And I started, you know, sitting in a corner and just looking at the corner with everything behind me. And that's how I started meditating. If you have questions about it, you know, we can dive deeper into the whole process and how I got into it. Uh, but, you know, that, and that meditation really, really opened up things for me. I was able to slow my life down. I was able to really understand how I am contributing to the mess in my life. You know, um, before my life was all about drifting through life. When I was working the job, when I was going to college, all of it was, hey, this is the next step. So I'm just going to take it. I, mm -hmm. I wasn't really thinking like, okay, what do I want in life? What do I want to accomplish? What sure. do I want to do? Right. And so I was just dr drifting through life. Now I came to a point where, you know, I've left my job, left that whole career behind. I don't know what I want to do. I was completely mm -hmm. open, right? And uh, so I had this decision that I could make and choose what I wanted to do. The first time in my life I ever had this choice that I could decide what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a power, powerful moment. And at this point, I realized, you know, entrepreneurship is something that had been calling me. I had a lot of experience when I was younger in solving problems that, you know, come up in school, come up in different uh, events and experiences. And, you know, so entrepreneurship kind of felt very natural. And I combined that with what I already knew with my PhD and you know, going through the whole education process in America. And so I was helping, consulting with international kids 
who wanted to come to America for college, you know, helping them, uh, guide them through the process, okay, which mm -hmm. uh, college to apply to, what degrees to apply to, et cetera. So it was a very fulfilling uh, opportunity for me. And uh, my friend and I, we created this company together and we ran it for a couple of years and did really well. Uh, now I started meditating a lot. Uh, so I was diving deeper into my spirituality. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to bring that into my entrepreneurship as well. So I kind of moved uh, past that uh, cons consulting experience. And I said, I wanted to uh, bring about more of like uh, soulpreneurship is what I call it, but essentially dealing with uh, people's soul, you know, helping people live a better life, whether that be uh, with nutrition, whether that be through uh, meditation, whether that be through you know, going out for a walk, whatever that may be, you know, different people yeah. have their own uh, taste. Uh, so th that's been the essence of my life thus far is helping people live a better life. And, you know, I've done certain things for my life, like incorporated affirmations in my life. You can see the one on the, on my left shoulder. Yes, you can. And I, have a couple I noticed that right away. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple in front of me that have helped me really, uh, you know, ex be able to express myself more. Uh, one of yeah. the challenges, biggest challenges in my life has been with speaking and, uh, you know, being able to communicate ideas. Even while I was going through my PhD, I've had to give presentations on national stages. But what I would do is I'd create a script, memorize everything, the whole presentation, write a script, memorize everything and just blurt it out. You know, mm -hmm. what would happen is I'd get so conscious of myself that my mind would kind of go on a hike like it would just run away conscious sure. mind would run away so I wouldn't be able to think in the moment whatever came up I just speak it out and start to prepare myself really well ahead of time so I'd script everything out uh, but the problem would come in in the q and I couldn't script out what questions people are going to ask me and how I'm going right. to answer them right mm -hmm. uh, and so I would always come up with some innovative way to the, uh, essentially the message is, hey, I'm going to do some research and get back to you, right? I'd just say something along those lines, but find mm -hmm. different ways to communicate that. Uh, you know, and I realized that this is a challenge for myself, that I'm not able to think on the spot. I'm not able to, uh, you know, when someone asks me a question that I've never come across before, how do I come up with an answer that's meaningful and, you know, helpful in a way? Mm -hmm. uh, and I wasn't able to do that. So this year, 2022, with these affirmations in front of me, I've been able to you know, come on podcasts like yours, be interviewed on the spot and be able to be very comfortable at ease, able to share my ideas. You know, you can see that right now being very comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was a challenge a year ago. Uh, so a lot of things that have happened in my life in this year, uh, this year with the baby and everything that's 2022 has been a blessed year. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. And I oh, love how you <laughs> oh um, I love how you got into kind of your spiritual journey with meditation. That's how I got into my journey as well. And so um, mine was kind of like a, a feeling of like, everything is happening. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I feel like I'm spinning out of control, like a lot of mental health stuff going on. And so it was like, I kind of stumbled across meditation through like books and things like that too. And I was like, all right, let's try it out. And it was very much like to sit in the corner of my house at that time, like, all right, like, let's just sit with myself and see how this goes. So I, I love that you had a very kind of similar gateway into your spirituality. Um, and something you, you mentioned when you were talking also is about soulpreneurship, which we were very curious about learning a little bit yes. more kind of what is it? How do you define that? Before we dive into that, I just want to have a call out because something you said is so relevant to so many different things, not only just relationships about just being in that alternate universe 
and something changes, whether it's losing a job, a family member, a relationship. And I feel like that's something that nobody really talks about, about being like in this, like, okay, now my whole life has shifted, but like, I wake up feeling like I'm still there. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to call that out because that's a very real feeling that I feel like nobody talks about. So Perfect. back to Holly's question though, <laughs> soulpreneurship. Thank you for pointing that out, Mary. That's yeah. a good, uh, something good, good to keep in mind. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, thank you, Mary. Uh, soulpreneurship, you know, I kind of define it as essentially helping people live a better life, right? So solving people, so people have a challenge, they have some issues, uh, and that's getting in the way of, you know, living life with ease, that's getting in the way of being joyful in life. Uh, you know, a lot of people are very anxious, a lot of people are very uh, you know, nervous, there's a lot of fear going around. And because of all these things, uh, we're not able to live our best life. And so I feel like solopreneurship is either that's a physical product or a service that you offer uh, or any way, anything that can enhance people's lives. It could be a meditation, right? Uh, and all of this is with the goal of, you know, liberating our souls in a sense, right? There's, uh, you know, when there's fear, when there is uh, anxiety, where uh, there's something else that's controlling us, right? There's something else that's governing how we feel. And it's time that we take control of how we feel. Like, I feel like a lot of people, and this is where I was once in my life, we're just drifting through life and allowing other people to think for me, and in essence, allowing other people to feel for me. So what other people think and feel, I think and feel the same thing. I wouldn't have my own sense of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I never had that time, never had that space to really sit down with myself and think about, okay, how do I feel about this situation? How do I think about that situation, right? I never had that time. So whatever I would watch, whoever I would speak to, I would just absorb their views and spit it out as if they're mine. I felt like that's part of that drifting in life. So solopreneurship is getting people out of that drifting, getting people out of that, um, uh, that feeling of, you know, I don't have a purpose in life, that feeling of I'm not going to ever accomplish anything significant in my life, uh, always complaining, always being negative in life. So it's uh, pulling people out of that situation and putting them into something that's positive. I love that. I think that's... I've heard words similar, I feel like, to solopreneurship before. Um, uh, who is it that I'm thinking of? Preston Smiles. Um, if you know him and like Alexi Panos, and they're very big in the, this kind of spiritual-ish community, but he has a word that's very similar-ish, I believe. And as soon as I seen, like, as we started kind of looking into you, I was like, ooh, I like this word. <laughs> Anything that's soul-led is like something I'm, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in for. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, because something you kind of mentioned, like in your very first sentence was stories and everyone has a story. And so you talk a lot about kind of obviously your story and how it's, helped you to become obviously who you are today. So I'd love to hear a little bit more on kind of your idea of why stories are so important and why people should really share their stories and brand themselves with their stories. Yeah, you know, stories. uh, So the way I kind of got to this whole idea of, uh, you know, that every moment of our lives, we're telling a story. Mm -hmm. Every time we try to make sense of a situation, we are creating a story in our minds. You know, something happened in our work life and we're trying to make sense of it. 
you know, if someone else looked at the same situation, they would create a different story based on their experiences, based on their past, based on their memories, right? And so that's a story that we've created. And in any situation, there could be a thousand different stories that would also be applicable to it, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, the way we see life, the stories that we are creating determines how we feel about our own life. So we are creating the way we feel by the stories that we keep repeating in our minds. And I kind of came to this through, of course, a lot of people have talked about it, you know, uh, thought, talked about thought being a very important uh, part of our lives. And, uh, you know, I came about through reading a lot of these, uh, a lot of different books, but it also, you know, understanding what that means for my life. And I came about through that is with meditation. I was able to really slow down my life and understand how, you know, the way I see my life is, is the way I feel about my life, right? So I, I kind of, I got first-hand experience of that and I was able to really break that down because I have an engineering mindset. So I was able to really break it down into this digital course that I'm offering called What's Your Story? Mm -hmm. uh, and essentially it's like, you know, if it's someone who's an engineer wants to, uh, you know, methodically sit down and think about it in a certain way, then this is the, the kind of course to go. I mean, meditation is another way to do, do the same thing, but this is a more method methodical uh, kind of structured uh, course okay. that I have. And essentially what the idea is this, that uh, let's say we're in a, you know, movie theater, we're watching a movie on screen. Uh, you know, the movie, the screen is a tool that allows us to see the movie. There's a projector in the back that's projecting this movie. The projector is also another tool that allows us to watch this movie. When there's a film inside that projector, right? And in our lives, this whole mechanism is also happening. We have a projector, this third eye chakra. It's always projecting images. It's our imagination creating images onto the various screens in our lives. What are the screens? The different people that come in our life. You know, every person that comes in our life, we have a particular story around them. We think of them in a certain way. Our imagination, our third eye, when we see that person is projecting that story onto that screen, that person or that experience or, you know, uh, a particular experience that we went through life or a particular place that we went to. You know, so we are creating the stories around all of these different situations in our life. And, you know, this mechanism happens on a daily basis. Uh, so I really was able to pay attention to my stories and I created something called, uh, you know, part of this course called uh, the My Life Film. We're essentially creating that film that's in the projector for each and every individual person. We're, we're going back all the way from birth, different age, uh, you know, age brackets. And we're looking at the meaningful experiences. We're looking at those uh, you know, life-altering experiences, both positive and negative experiences. We're writing them down, cataloging them, and then understanding how each of these experiences have affected us. You know, maybe it created a particular kind of belief inside of us. Maybe mm -hmm. it's uh, you know made us alter our worldview about uh, you know think about a particular topic. Uh, so what what is that effect on us? And understand like, okay, is this a good thing for me? Is this something that I don't want to keep in the future, right? Is it beneficial for me? Is it taking me in the direction that I want to walk in? Or am I going in the completely opposite direction? And that's mm -hmm. a choice that we get to make throughout this course. Did this past experience have a, a positive <laughs> experience on me? Or was it a negative experience on me? If it was a negative one, how can I change my story behind it so I can recreate reframe that experience into something that's positive, something that's beneficial for me. 
not only that, we look at the past, we look at the present, how is our life currently right now? And we also look at the future. So we're also creating future stories for ourselves through this course, right? So it's a, it's a holistic view about our lives and in a way to create new stories, create new identities for ourselves that we can hold on to. So that will take us wherever we wanna go. I love that, that's so fascinating. And I know that you had said it before, but like manifestation, is that where like in this course, like you're kind of going back to fix things so that you can manifest? Yeah, it makes it easier to manifest. Uh, you know, the, the, I think the reason that we don't have something that we really want is because there's a particular kind of blockage and that blockage has happened from something in the past. You know, like for example, there was a point in my life where I, right when I quit my job, and I was getting into entrepreneurship, I realized I had a lot of scarcity mindset in me. It was there throughout my life uh, because it came from my dad when he was uh, in his 30s, right before I was born. He had gone through a whole phase of losing a job, losing a lot of money in business. And so he had developed a scarcity mindset where he had to save every money, every penny that he got, he had to save it, uh, you know, reduce his expenses as much as possible, not really enjoy life for himself, but uh, make sure that, you know, to provide for his family. And he had gone through a lot of tough time at, uh, early on in my life. Uh, so that mindset kind of carried forward into while I was becoming an entrepreneur, I had the scarcity mindset and it really showed up when I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a source of income just yet. I just left this job. I did have money in the bank, but I was, you know, still anxious about, okay, where's that the, the dollar going to come from, right? Mm -hmm. And so at that point, the scarcity mindset really showed up. And through this process of, uh, you know, understanding my story, writing it down in this in the film, and then reframing my experience, I was able to create that abundance for my life, right? And so it's removing those challenges, those blockages from our past experiences so that we can, what we want to manifest will be, will uh, come in our lives much quicker with a lot of, you know, relatively ease, uh, easily, with a lot of comfort. And it's, um, you know, it doesn't, it, there's not a lot of friction inside of us. I love the, the compare or like the analogy, I guess it would be of like the third eye chakra being like your, your camera. I, that's just, I'm really stuck on that. I think that's such a fascinating way to view it as someone who's always tapping into my chakras. Um, I just got very excited. I was like, Ooh, I liked looking at it in this way. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is another thing that came in my meditation. I've been, uh, you know, now my meditations are like, like brainstorming sessions, if you want to call mm -hmm. it. It's, you know, I just clear everything uh, and allow channel to come in, right? And this is, that's one of the ways I was able to like understand this. I'm like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's kind of like a download that came in. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And so I'm curious too, with like the art of storytelling for you, obviously you now have your own podcast where you do help you know, share other stories. So how did the podcast kind of come into, um, you know, your, your entrepreneurship and what, is, what has that journey looked like since you started that piece of the storytelling? Yeah. You know, podcasts, uh, I really wanted to capture people's stories. And I feel like, uh, there are fascinating people out there who've done things outside of a career, you know, like for example, you know, we're known, Indians are known to have traditional careers of a doctor, lawyer, and all these and I wanted to capture stories of people outside of these traditional careers, right? Engineers. And so I was looking at politicians, I was looking at actors, I was looking at artists uh, and understanding what, 
caused them to go in that direction? What created that impetus? What, you know, what's been their success story and, uh, you know, how did they come into it? So I wanted to kind of understand people's uh, mindsets behind, uh, you know, looking at a profession that's not uh, traditional in our uh, culture. Uh, so that's how the podcast originated. And, uh, you know, initially I started out, another reason to start out the podcast was uh, that whole fear of speaking and you know, mm -hmm. the camera and all of that. So I wanted to overcome that. And so my journey with this podcast, and I've also done it as a live interviews on YouTube as well. Uh, so it's kind of like a live podcast, if you want to call it. And you know, I started this, uh, the whole interviews in 2018. Uh, so I did, there was one summer where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go hard and do as many as I can. And this felt like push, push, push. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to like force it through. You know, there's a lot of friction inside of me as well. Mm -hmm. So I was able to manage, I think, four or five uh, episodes, five interviews. And then I was like, oh, this is way too much. I can't do it. Right. So this was the summer of 2018. Then skip the summer of 2019. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it again. It took a whole year to finally get back to it. Again, I do a couple of interviews. I'm like, oh, this is a lot. And then the pandemic hits. And at that point, I started doing these panel discussions, which was very interesting as well. So I did about, now I went a little longer. So I did about six months of panel discussions. Every two weeks, I would do a panel discussion. So a couple of times a month. Uh, and those were very interesting. And then I took a break from it. And then I came to the current uh, version of the podcast, which is the, again, interviewing people. Uh, and now I've, it's been a little more consistent. Uh, there's been a lot less friction. So it's getting to a point where I'm like, you know, you know what? I'm at ease in front of the camera. And again, 2022 has been a, a, you know, a turning point for me in that sense as well. Uh, so yeah, that's, those are the two reasons for starting this podcast. I like that you started it to kind of help you know, help with like the speaking and stuff. I know there's a, a, a podcast I used to listen to and the, one of the co-hosts co had a very similar thing where he like very much had trouble speaking in front of people. And like when he started the podcast, like listening to his first episodes, like he's like kind of fumbling with his words. And like now that him and his now wife have had podcasts and like Twitch streams and, you know, for years and years and years. And he's so comfortable when he's speaking in front of people. And it, it's so fascinating that when they started, it was very similar journey like that. I remember hearing from him of like, I just need something to help me. And this seems like a good outlet to try, you know, to try to kind of work through this with myself. Yeah. The, I remember this one, uh, I did the first panel discussion and I was thinking, you know what, I, it was a two hour panel discussion. I realized like people are not, not gonna watch the whole thing on YouTube, right? The rerun of it. So I wanted to take clips of it and post it on Instagram. But it required me to watch the interview. Mm -hmm. it took me a month to get to the interview. <laughs> I had so much friction inside of me. It was like, every time I would sit down and start watching it, it would be like cringe and like, ah. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> These are, but these are the stories that were in my mind, right? It's not mm -hmm. something that's real. It's just the way I saw it, right? right. Uh, and so it took me about a month to actually get to, okay, let me watch it and let me create one minute clips out of this. Uh, but I remember that experience. And then finally I was able to, and then the next one took me two weeks. The next one took me a week. So it was like, it got to the point where, okay, now I'm comfortable watching myself also on video. Yeah. Uh, but it took, even that was painful. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, I think for anyone kind of going into experience of like listening to yourself or watching yourself, 
it it always starts I feel like a little bit cringy because <laughs> we're we're gonna be our own worst critic but it's you know it's like working through that especially when you want to do something like a podcast or a YouTube you know it's if you don't work through that on your own it's gonna really show in how you're showing up in those medias then um and, and people are gonna feel that too when they're you know listening or watching etc so very cool yeah in a way you know how, how I do one thing is how I do everything right so if I'm not putting myself up to the challenge of, uh, you know, putting myself out there, then any, anything in life, I'm not going to be able to, you know, put myself out there. So I'm not going to be doing anything meaningful in life if I don't, you know, start putting myself out there and like expanding my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was the thing that hit me. I was like, you know, it, it took me a while. Like I was running away from it as much as I can. And finally I was like, you know what? I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that bull that needs to be pushed in the right direction uh, to get started. Do you have like a little snip from like a conversation that really moves you or something that really stuck out to you from your podcast, like someone's story? Uh, you know, I was doing this panel discussion and one of the, this was about women's abuse and one of the panelists, so I, I wanted to cover different uh, viewpoints, different perspectives. So I had an attorney who was working with, you know, domestic violence victims and I had a, someone from an organization representing one of an organization working with victims. Uh, so I got you know, multiple different views. And then I finally had a domestic violence victim. And uh, you know, so she, she, actually, you know what? She didn't like to be called a victim. So she was, I guess a survivor is what she would like to be called, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so she was a survivor and uh, her story was that, so she got married, uh, so uh, she's Indian. Uh, she got married and uh, her husband would, uh, you know, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of uh, emotional, physical abuse in the first couple of years of their marriage. Uh, it went on for a while and she was contemplating, like, should I leave him? Should I not? Because, you know, at that point, divorces were not very common in our culture. Mm-hmm. So what would society think about this? And, you know, there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But finally, about, I think, several years into the marriage, I think I would say even 10 years into the marriage, she finally said, you know what, it's time to uh, move. It's time to uh, move past this uh, traumatic experience in my life. Uh, I mean, since then she's done amazing. She, uh, she's based in San Francisco and she runs a, uh, a daycare. And now she has, I don't know, like 20, 30 different uh, daycare facilities in San wow. Francisco. So she's doing really well for herself, uh, but amazing story very good orator very great speaker she's able to you know command the the, the room the stage share her story uh, and that's why i wanted to bring her on because you know, i think she's a very powerful advocate for women i think that's amazing to get all the different viewpoints too because an attorney could see you know how many different cases too and especially someone running a facility same thing but to actually have someone who's been through it it's like a completely different point of view yeah i really i value that you know, that experience, like first-time experience, you know, uh, uh, sorry that they went through it, but now they're able yeah. to share their story and they're able to really, you know, help other people mm-hmm. you know, move away from a situation that they don't want to be in, right? They, they're contemplating, but then they're thinking, oh, what will, you know, my friends think, what will society right. think? Mm-hmm. But hey, people have done it and it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of changing directions a little bit, um, I would love to talk about something that we've talked a lot about is kind of 
really stepping into your body and feeling comfortable in your body and listening to your body. Um, you know, Mary and I especially have really went on journeys with ourselves of like, especially with like food and exercise and, and listening to our body when we actually need rest or when we actually need nutrients, um, and not, you know, overeating, under eating things like that. So I would love to hear a little bit more on your journey of kind of, you know, listening to your body and actually like tapping into who Varun is and what you need. Yeah, you know, the first experience of me tapping into my body was that time when my solar plexus was, you know, pain, the pain mm-hmm. in my stomach region and all of that. So that was like 27 years into my experience of life. You know, up until this point, I didn't really, wasn't really in tune with my body, wasn't really in tune with things. It was so like brain mind focused, you know, always looking books and studying and, uh, you know, regurgitating things on exams and things like that. So uh, finally, it got to the, that experience. Um, well, then again, uh, after that, I, I don't know if I was really into it until I finally got back to it. And now I'm, I, I actively listen to my body. Uh, when I wanted to, I gave up alcohol was one time, uh, you know, and so I was, after all of the heavy drinking, I finally was able to get to a place where, uh, you know, I just occasionally drink social mm-hmm. settings, things like that uh once in a while that too and finally i got to a point like two weeks after i got married i was in wine country temecula and we were all of us were drinking wine and i was you know there's some white wine that i was drinking tasting it uh and at that point i I took a sip and i realized like i was paying attention to my body and i realized i was pouring chemicals down my body like it just felt like some chemical was going down my system Mm -hmm. i was like and i felt like oh why am i doing doing this to my body at that point, I, real, I said, you know what, I'm not going to drink anymore. But that was about five and a half years ago now. Uh, and you know, so the, since then, I've also done that with food, figuring out what foods are good for my system, mm-hmm. uh, what foods to eliminate from my system. You know, I'm plant-based. There's a lot of processed plant-based food out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have to like really work through all of that because a lot of soy, a lot of uh, wheat gluten all of that messes with my system I can't do a lot of it even wheat gluten I kind of avoid it as much as possible soy once in a while I'll do that uh, but I really pay attention you know I have a process in place that okay once I have a meal especially if it's something new something that I've never had before mm-hmm. uh, I will pay attention to my body okay how am I feeling while I'm eating this how am I feeling 30 minutes after an hour after two hours after six hours later how is it the next morning? I actually go all the way to how does it exit my system? How long does it take to exit my system? You know, the longer it takes, the more processed the food is and the more, you know, it's, it's not as good for you, the food, because it's taking a long time. It's sitting in your system for a while and, you know, you're not really accumulating all of it, but, and your body, if you, if you took like fruits and vegetables within four hours, they'll be out of your system. Anything processed, it's like eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, sometimes even longer. All that soy, that wheat gluten takes a lot longer for me. So kind of like pay attention to all of this, the flow of food in my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this way, based on how I feel and how it flows through my system, I decide on whether I want to keep something in my diet or whether I want to eliminate from it. And so through this, I've been able to cut out a lot of those fast foods. I've been able to cut out um, and anything that's really terrible for my system I can know immediately like okay this is not good for my system at that point I have a choice do I want to keep it 
like continue eating it? Do I want to you know, eliminate it from my diet? So certain times I'm like, okay, I, I still like this. I still want to eat this fried food. I'm going to keep it in my system. But there are certain times where, you know, I'm on the downward trend, like, okay, I want to move away from this. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is in that point, and, you know, this is kind of uh, a habit that I've developed that I will pay attention to the signs of why I want to remove this from my diet. So let's say, for example, there's like a donut that I'm eating, right? And I've now I'm in my fifth donut in this in one sitting. And <laughs> I can never eat one donut at a time. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting on my fifth donut. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I feel the pain. I feel all that sugar rush. I feel all of that, right? So I pay attention to that. I hone in on that and because that's the reason I don't want to eat this anymore. So I like just focus on that. I won't focus on the good stuff. Like, okay, this is why I want to eat it. And so I keep doing that, keep doing that. So over time, over a month, two months, three months, however long it takes naturally, I'll finally just drop out of my system because I've continuously focused and programmed myself to look at how it's affecting my body. Sure. And so in this way, I've been able to remove like Taco Bell and all the nasty stuff out of my system. And it's been a process, you know, even going from, I've always been vegetarian, so I've never eaten meat in my life. Uh, But going from vegetarian to veganism, you know, going plant-based, like dairy was really hard to cut out. Uh, Growing up, I'd have yogurt with every meal. I'd have cheese three, four times a week. Mm -hmm. Those two were the hardest to kind of move away from. Uh, But what I did is I said, you know, I'm going to take it one at a time. I'll take cheese. Let me just focus on this work with this process and over three months it'll be out of my system mm-hmm. and so i think over about uh, eight months or so i was able to kind of transition from vegetarian to plant-based i think that's a smart way of doing it because i know i have been um i've been vegetarian for most of my life and um, but for a while a short while i was kind of playing around with being more more on the fully vegan side and I know dairy was definitely something that was like the hardest for me and so many people like myself went into it with just like all right no more dairy and it's like especially when you do have so many different types of dairy products that you might have in your life like doing kind of that that one by one that's such a smart way to do it because it, it I mean dairy very obviously has some very addictive qualities um you know so it's like why you know kind of just destroy yourself by not being like you know going cold turkey basically like there there's is it going to help you and I know it was such a struggle for me and eventually I did go back to eating some dairy into my diet so I think that that's a really interesting way that I don't hear a lot of people honestly say you know that they that they've kind of went that route of like slowly eliminating one by one type of things you know I'll tell you what I think it's dependent on every individual person right because so my wife is a great example of going cold turkey Okay. She was able to do that. Yeah. She one day went into her fridge, removed everything that had dairy in it, got rid of it, went to the store, got all the new stuff and was vegan that day. And she was able to do it. And I can never do that. I know I can't do that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be gentle with myself. Yeah. Take those little baby steps and move in that direction that I want to go. And then I felt like my whole life has been kind of like that. It's like taking those little steps to even, you know, understanding what purpose is and understanding what I want to really do with my life. That's also been baby steps. Like, let me try this. Oh, I didn't really like it. Let me move on to something else. Oh, I didn't, this not, doesn't feel right. All right, let's do this. And it's kind of like understanding, you know, what I really like by eliminating things that I don't like. Yeah. I think that's an important call out though, because everyone is going to be different. And so, you know, it's, it's that, that thing of, if you did try maybe to go dairy free or vegan or something else, you know, and you went cold turkey, it didn't work for you. Like 
maybe you do need to try to slowly go into things and like knowing that that that's okay that you can work yeah. yourself in that way and still. we talk about it all the time like when you are starting your journey into like fitness and health you can't just go seven days a week to the gym you know hop on a diet at the same time and like try to drink all your water and sleep well and all the things you have to do it kind of step by step or else you're setting yourself up for that failure mm-hmm. completely agree yeah it's like that rubber band if you're gonna snap one way hard you're gonna snap back even harder Yep. Yes, definitely. Um, and something else that I wanted to talk about with you is your work with feeding households. So um, I would love to hear how you got involved and how you have helped to feed over 150,000 households. That's insane. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, so this was the early on in the pandemic. I, April 2020, I received a call and, uh, you know, there was a friend of mine. We'd done a lot of projects, events together. And he said, you know what, there is, there's an organization that wants to donate funds. They have a lot of, you know, they want to do something for the community and they have funds available as well. And the facility, what can we do? Uh, you know, it's just the start of the pandemic. And so one thing we realized early on is that a lot of businesses were shutting down. People were losing their jobs mm-hmm. and they would need some basic supplies. So our first thing was, you know, let's meet up. Uh, this was early May, 2020. Uh, let's do one Sunday. And uh, let's get together some rice, some sugar, some oil, some basic supplies, uh, uh, you know, get individuals, uh, individuals uh, sized and uh, create these grocery bags uh, and then go out into the community and, you know, put out flyers, put out uh, messaging that, hey, we are doing this at this location. And we did it as a drive through early on in the pandemic. We don't want to take a chance. So we just had people mm-hmm. drive through, we drop the, open the trunk, put it in the trunk and they drive away. Mm-hmm. So we did the first time we created 400 bags, grocery bags. And the first day, I think like 200, 250 were distributed. And the, the remaining 150, we found other sources for it and we were able to give it out into the community. Uh, and then we said, okay, do we want to do this again? And we had the volunteers. There were a lot of people interested. Uh, we thought that there was a need for this. So we said, you know what, let's continue doing this. So every week we decided to meet up on Sunday, prepare 400 bags, and we kept doing this, kept doing it every Sunday. Uh, and we got to a point where we had uh, created about 8,400 grocery bags, which was now we're about September, October, 2020. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, even before that week three, we said, okay, what else can we do? Uh, what else can we help the community with? At that point we said, you know, we have a full-size community kitchen uh, we, all we need to find is a team of volunteers who would go into this kitchen to prepare some hot meals. So we said, uh, let's start out with, you know, creating a few hot meals. Let's look at, uh, you know, look for help in the community, find mm-hmm. some people who are in the kitchen. They can prepare some hot meals and bring it to us and we can distribute it out. So we started with like hundred meals, 200 meals. And we realized there was a lot of, there are a lot of hungry people who are not able to prepare, you know, take these groceries and prepare, you know, they don't have a place. Sure. They don't have a kitchen to be able to cook these meals. Mm-hmm. So let's create hot meals and distribute out into the community. Uh, so now we have started in parallel. We had one team that was doing the groceries and another team that was in the kitchen preparing these hot meals. So we started out doing 100, 200, then we went up to a thousand meals. And we went out into, into the community and to find different organizations that were you know, delivering meals out into the community. So they would come and pick up these meals from us and then go out into the community and distribute them. Uh, so that we've continued doing all the way 
to today, even this last Sunday, we were out onto the streets. Uh, we have done about 1,500 to 2,000 meals every Sunday. Uh, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, we're going to hit 200,000. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been, you know, a lot of volunteers. Every time we've reached out into the community, there's been help. We need uh, donations. Uh, so the way our funding works is we have this one organization from the very beginning. They've helped us. Uh, you know, the first year, they said, we'll provide all the funds you need. The second year, uh, they, so 2020, 2021, they said, we'll provide 50% of the funds. And the remaining, you can, uh, you know, find it to the community. And any any person we approach, they're like, yeah, they open up their checkbooks. They're doing amazing work. Here you go. And so we, we were able to raise these funds uh, kind of uh, just through word of mouth. And then uh, 2022 is the same thing. That organization, the Joy of Sharing Foundation, they're give, uh, uh, donating 50% of the funds. They're also providing their facility. The, the kitchen is kind of uh, uh, owned by the same uh, people, mm -hmm. same organization. Uh, so they've been really big support. And then, of course, we have a lot of partner organizations that are actually going out and distributing these meals in the streets. So we are kind of like a food kitchen. We prepare all these meals and then have these organizations come by. They pick up the meals, uh, take it out into different cities. So the meals reach about uh, on every any Sunday, somewhere between 15 to 18 different cities and the wow. near, neighbor neighboring areas. Uh, last Thanksgiving, we did uh, 6,800 meals out of our facility. Wow. And wow. those meals went into uh, like a hundred mile radius all the way down to San Diego, from LA to San Diego to- That's amazing. Riverside, which is 100 miles east, Santa Monica, which is 50 miles west. So it was a wide range. Uh, and those are all planned based on Thanksgiving day. So it's kind of, you know, getting the word out there that we don't, you know, we, we don't support that. We, we don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. reduce the number of turkeys out there. That's one of the things. Uh, and so that's why on Thanksgiving, we kind of increase our count. Uh, on a, any given Sunday, their meals are all vegetarian. Uh, there's one meal out of the, our menu uh, that has a little bit of dairy in it. So the other three are plant-based. The one meal is uh, just because of the pasta sauce that has a little bit of dairy in it already. Um, so yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's been a fun project. Uh, we started with no information, no knowledge on how to run a soup kitchen, a uh, food kitchen. And here we are 200,000 meals later. I mean, it's been an amazing journey. That's so amazing. I mean, congratulations on, on helping so many people. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, again, I'm going to reiterate this. It's not one person. You know, it's a whole team of people. I think throughout the whole two years, we probably had maybe around 200 volunteers come in and out, uh, maybe even more. And any, any given Sunday, we have about 15, 20 to 25 different volunteers uh, awesome. helping us and you know we have a team that rotates so it's kind of like a well-oiled machine now sure uh, but yeah it's been it's been fun <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing thank you for doing you know for doing that type of work too I think you know there's so many people that 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 need that and you're, you're right that they don't have kitchens to cook these things in so the fact that you guys went you know further than that and started providing you know the hot meals that's just that's very heartwarming that's amazing and what an amazing <laughs> community to come together like that for each other yeah yeah, you know, it's, it, I, I didn't realize how, uh, I guess, abundant people are that, you know, anytime you go out, like I do social media posts and, hey, we need this, we need that, we need volunteers this uh, this Sunday. 
Uh, and people will come out, you know, they'll be like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Just, you know, we let's, let's go, go out and support. We run GoFundMe campaigns and people will donate, you know, they're, uh, they want to be part of something. I feel like there are a lot of people who want to donate money, but they don't know where to donate it because they yeah. sometimes feel like the organizations are not putting hundred percent of the funds towards mm-hmm. the cause. Uh, and, you know, and we give them, we tell them, Hey, come out, see for yourself where these meals are going. You could be part of the experience. We'd love to have you volunteer before you even donate a dollar. Uh, and we, we give that experience to everyone. So sometimes we have, uh, like corporations that donate funds to us and we have their employees come out and volunteer with us on a Sunday. Uh, you know, we, we encourage people to come out and, you know, just be part of it. You know, there's actually a backstory on how this was whole thing started. Uh, so this was before the pandemic hit. I was in India, February, 2020. I was visiting India and, uh, I was, so we usually go to Bombay, Mumbai, and then there's another city that's a little further away that uh, have a couple family members that we're close with. So we go visit them as well. So we were in that little, uh, little city. And one of uh, my uncles, he says, you know, I have this family, uh, what do you want to call it? like a spiritual leader that I go to for guidance whenever I need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's like a guru and he can uh, re, you know, kind of tell people, get guide people based on downloads that he gets and things like that. So he's, he's got some special powers. Uh, and so I go meet, I, you know, I, I've been in this spiritual mode. I was like, you know what? I want to meet this person. Uh, again, it, it wasn't planned. It was all last minute. Mm-hmm. So one evening we go to his place and he does these every evening. People kind of go visit him. Whoever has some issues, they go there and kind of you know ask him questions and talk to him about it. So he has like a lot of people go in in the evening. Mm-hmm. So we kind of go there, and I tell him like, hey, you know, uh, I have this facility. Uh, we're doing, but we we have a meditation studio out of there, and uh, you know we have daily meditations, and people come in and uh, they meditate with us. He said, wow, that's amazing work. Keep doing that. The one thing you could add to it is offer uh, hot meals there uh, so that people will come in and a lot more people will come in for the meals. And then you could also give them the meditation. Mm -hmm. Well, now I come back to America. I reach here like on Monday and Thursday, everything shuts down. There's no more meditation studio either because the whole facility shut down. Sure. Well, out of that same facility, we started preparing these hot meals. (laughs) We started doing all of this. So, you know, it's like it just it was meant to happen, right? I get uh-huh. a call in April, like, hey, what can we do? Then uh, they were already kind of talking about some food work. And then I suggested, hey, why not add these hot meals to it as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of how it, it got into the hot meals. And that's how I got involved. But it was like, uh, someone told me to do it. And then, hey, it took off and it, it just happened. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though. It was like a little download that, you know, he got to like give to you in that moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so as we start to kind of wrap things up, something that we like to ask every single person that is on this podcast is what are three things that you are grateful for today? Oh, three things I'm grateful for. Let's see. So I just recently had a, uh, had a baby three week old. Uh, actually it'll be a month old on the 25th on Saturday. Uh, so grateful for him, uh, his, uh, he's taught me a lot about life, you know, in the short period that he's been in my life. Um, a lot about me as well. You know, like when a baby cries at 3am, I've never had that experience <laughs> before. But, uh, 
like I get to feel the anger now inside of me. Like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't have that experience if he wasn't born. So grateful for him. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, uh, you know, through this interview, I've been thinking about my mentor, my professor in college. Uh, he was my PhD advisor. And you know, one thing he had said, he had told me this, like I'd just gone through my dissertation. Uh, this was like initially into the PhD, you have a presentation and kind of like a Q&A session, like a two hour session. And I'd done really horribly. You know, it was speaking in front of people and I wasn't able to do that. It was people asking me questions and that's where I actually got stuck. Uh, you know, this is like all of our coursework, they could ask any question in the coursework, right? So it was open book for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they would ask me questions where you actually really had to think, like slow down, really apply your you know, logic, your thinking. Mm -hmm. And there was one question that I just butchered on completely. It was something very simple. If I just stop and think that, oh, okay, you know, I would have really had the answer. But because my conscious mind wasn't there, it had gone on a walk, my subconscious mind just whatever blurted out whatever it could come up with. Right, so after this, this experience in my life, I was walking back to my building with my advisor, my mentor, and he said, it's okay, you know what, someday you're going to look back at this experience and you're going to laugh about it. Uh, and so I guess the day is here today, we're going to, we're <laughs> laughing about it right now. <laughs> so that was great advice, because I think that was one of the points that we had, we had talked about uh, today is, you know, there are certain things that have happened in our life, traumatic experiences that we're going to look back on at some point in our lives, and we're just going to laugh about it, like, we're you know, grateful that this experience happened and it's going to be a fun thing that we can talk about it at that point, you know, many years later. Uh, so one such, ex another experience in my life was that breakup. I'm grateful for that. That's the third thing I'm grateful for is the breakup that brought me onto the spiritual journey because without that, I may would have just continued drifting through life because I was very comfortable with, with her. I was very comfortable with my life at that point. Uh, maybe something else would have happened. I don't know, but uh, I'm grateful for that breakup. Awesome. Thank you. And Mary, I'll turn it to you to ask your, um, your signature question. Yeah. So what content are you consuming right now that you feel like everybody should be consuming? Everybody listening to this podcast today should be consuming. It can be a book, a podcast, a TV show. It can be funny. It doesn't have to be like super serious just something, a piece of content. Uh, so I'll give you two. One thing that the funny thing, uh, you know, I, like I was watching Jon Stewart during those mm -hmm. hard times, I've always used comedy to pick me up. So I kind of have a ritual in the mornings. I listen to something funny, a minute, two minutes of something comedy that picks me up. Uh, so Dave Chappelle and all of his stand-up specials have been amazing. Uh, I love watching his random clips on YouTube that pop up. I've seen the whole yeah. stuff many times, but even those clips pop up randomly and I love those. Uh, the, another one is a book called The Quantum Doctor. Uh, and it's by, his name is, uh, the author's name is Amit Goswami. He's a, he's a PhD uh, as well. And uh, he talks about, you know, the, for example, like the chakra system. He gives the science behind it. Right? So he talks about what the chakra system and then goes into the physical body and connects the chakras with the physical body and all of the science behind it. So he dives deeper into uh, how quantum theory is, the chakra system is, all of that is all connected with spirituality, with science and everything's all connected. So he kind of gives an overall picture of how spirituality and science are 
explain each other. I have to check that out. That sounds yeah, fascinating. I was say that's right up your alley, Holly. <laughs> sounds very fascinating. <laughs> um, and so lastly, where can our listeners find you, Varun? How can they start to um, you know, work with you? And is there anything that they can expect next from you? Yeah, uh, to contact me, Instagram is the best place. Uh, and my Instagram is Dr. Varun Gandhi. Uh, my website is the same, drvarungandhi.com. You can find out all about the meal drive, all about the different things that I'm orchestrating. Uh, you know, what's next? Uh, the one thing that I've been really uh, wanting to get out there is, well, a couple of things. One is a book. Uh, you know, when I was working through that job in, in Idaho, I had this feeling that at some point I'm going to write a book. And I started writing, I started working on it, but because I'm, I can't focus on something at a long, you know, prolonged periods. So I'd start writing something and then it just, you know, I'd move on and yeah. move on to the next topic and on and on and on. But finally, I'm getting there to a point where, you know what, I want to write this idea. I want to put this idea on paper called What's Your Story? About how we're constantly creating stories and how we can create a better story for our future. Uh, so that book is in the works right now. I'm working on it. Uh, and... The other thing is, you know, I, I love orchestrating events, bringing people together, celebrating festivals. Uh, and I want to do something. Uh, so before the pandemic hit, I put, I put together a spiritual festival called the Spiritual Block Party. And it was a 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. festival. We had conscious artists perform. We had business vendors, conscious vendors uh, vend their products. We had uh, four hours of... Uh, simultaneous sessions within meditation. One track was meditation. One track was movement, which is like meditation or which is like uh, yoga, dancing, uh, working out, things like that. And then another one with nutrition. We kind of had speakers in that track. Meditation was different kinds of meditation, like chakra meditation, kundalini meditation, breathing, things like that. Mm -hmm. So we had, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoyed it. We had like 1500 people come in and out throughout the day. Uh, so I want to recreate something like that uh, on a monthly basis, maybe not as grand as that. That was a whole festival, but I want to do something yeah. like maybe three, four hour thing where every month, you know, we can all get together and, uh, you know, uh, get some meditation in, but also eat some healthy food and also meet people because, you know, we're just coming out of this pandemic and we want to yeah. start meeting people. So I want to bring all of that together. I want to create that as a monthly event. I love that. I think that's so important too. Like in, in this part of, of the weird world that we're living in, like now that we're kind of getting back out there, like having that connection with others, I know like is something so many of us haven't had. So I love that you're trying to bring that together just for, you know, even if it is three or four hours, you know, that's still three or four hours that maybe this really getting someone out of their house who, who doesn't leave normally. Like I don't leave normally cause I work from home also. So, you know, like I know how, how hard it can be sometimes to then push yourself out of the house. Mm -hmm. So I love that, that you're doing that. That's amazing. Um, and so to finally wrap up, I want to just say again, thank you so much for all yeah. of the work that you do. Um, thank you for obviously being on the podcast, but, um, you know, I think that just the things you're doing with, with the, the meals and, and the services you're providing, I, that just, that goes so far. And, and that means so much to so many people. So, you know, just to thank you from, from not even just myself, but from so many. Uh, thank you so much, Holly. Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate, uh, you know, everything that uh, we've shared in this podcast, uh, all of the questions, uh, you know, I'm grateful for 
being here and grateful for sharing whatever I can to, you know, to your audience. I hope it was helpful. It was. Thank you yeah, so it definitely much. Was. And as always, we'll have all of Varun's links below so that you guys can check out Instagram, website, anything that you're interested in and start working with him in the different capacities. Ooh, okay, Mary, what did you think about that episode? I think that he is so inspiring and just says things in a way that you just wouldn't think to to say them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like so many people say things to us that you know, but when it's set back in a certain way, it's so much more inspiring. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just like sometimes, you know, I feel like with, uh, with like teaching, sometimes mm-hmm. you can learn something from a teacher and it, it makes perfect sense. But if you learn it from someone else who just says it slightly differently, you're like, I'm so confused. Like, what are you talking about? And I feel like it's that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, you just say it the right way. And you're like, I knew that, but I'm so inspired by it now. Like the yeah. way you said it just like lit me up. Yeah. One of the biggest things that stood out to me, and I know I called it out in the episode two was him saying after his breakup that he felt like he was waking up and was still in that situation. Like he was still with that woman. Like it was just completely like, and I obviously have been with my husband for seven years now, Mm -hmm. but I could relate to that feeling so much. Like back in the day when you'd get broken up with, you feel like you wake up after you've been with this person for so long. And it's like, you reach for your phone to like, text them mm-hmm. or you look to your side like maybe you lived with them and it's like they're not in bed anymore right and it's I I don't know that like really really stuck with me yeah I feel like I feel like once you call that out like when he was talking about it I was like oh that's that's so accurate but then when you called it out because I think I was trying to like move on to a different question you're like oh I got a call out here yeah um and I was like that that is a, like a very very or like even like if you lose your job or you have a new job anything that's like a drastic change anything and you wake up and you're like oh like you lose a pet a family member or whatever like it's like this alternate reality where you're like where you wake up and you still feel like you are in that life yeah yeah and it's hard to like then break those patterns you know to to it's almost like a deja vu type feeling where it's like I've been here but where am I yeah 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 I feel like that was interesting. And I know the part that I know stood out to me the most, I also called out in the episode. And that was his kind of way of, of storytelling with like seeing people through mm-hmm. your third eye. I thought that was just so fascinating. I was like, I, as your screen to your, yeah, I like yeah. Out about that. And I know I kind of talked about it in the episode, but like, I thought about it a lot, a lot afterwards. And I was like, that is such a cool way to like describe it. Like, I just never thought of it in that way before. Yeah. It's again, it's like something that like, I, I know, but until he said it that way, I'm like, wow. That is such an interesting way to think about that. It's such a different perspective or like a viewpoint that we just didn't see before. Yeah. And it was also really cool to have Rune on because we've had obviously a lot of women in the more spiritual space before, (laughs) but we haven't had a lot of men in the spiritual space, honestly, a ton of men on the podcast in general, which yeah, men, if you're out there, we would love to have you on. Like we're not based, like, yes, we're females, but like, you know hello, we're here. We want to talk to you too. Anyways. <laughs> um, so that was really cool because the, you know, the, the men we have had on like Cam Andrew, more fitness-based Dr. Stefan, you know, definitely more of the, um, I would say like emotional and kind of physical space, but I feel like we haven't really tapped into the spiritual space with, with the masculine energy before. Yeah. So I was also just really excited to have kind of that 
that perspective because it can yeah. be different, you know, for, for men in their spiritual journey. So, um, you know, to hear things that were similar, like how we got into our spirituality and things like that was just kind of cool. 100%. Yeah. Um, and so to wrap up this week's episode, Miss Mary, what are you grateful for today? It's so funny that you call me Miss Mary. One of my employees calls me Miss Mary. Really? And then someone, oh, the car dealership guy called me Miss Mary the other day. And I was like, why does everybody keep doing this? I don't know. Maybe I feel like a preschool teacher. I was about to say, maybe you're going to be a teacher here soon. And that's like a sign for you. Maybe. What I am grateful for is doesn't know questions every single time and I never am ready I am grateful for my I'm trying to like not make it something I use all the time it's okay we all struggle I am grateful for my financial situation currently because it's something that I've struggled with for a very long time. And there's like, I still have debt. I still don't have like millions of dollars, but in this world right now with inflation and everything being so expensive, gas being so high, just knowing that I can go fill up my tank, even though it is expensive. Not to worry. That is such a thing to be grateful for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember like, you know, when I was younger, you go to the gas tank and you're like, all right, I have $27 $27 in my account so I can put $20 in my car I've got you're $7 like, like for the week five bucks every like couple days <laughs> yes yes like I, I get it I've been there like yeah. I definitely know where you're coming from and um, I think that sometimes it's so easy to complain about like how much we make or that we need to make more money or you know whatever it is at your job but if you really think about like how many people have so much less than you mm-hmm. and not saying that you shouldn't still like care about wanting to make more money but there's so many people who have less that it's just like such a fortunate feeling to yes. know that I can go buy the things that I need and pay for the things that I need. I think that's such a great perspective to think, you know, things too. It's like, yes, we could be worse off. Yes. We could be better off, but like being thankful for what you have in this moment, because not everyone has it, but mm-hmm. also being in the mindset that like, you know, you can bring in more because yeah. that's obviously what you're wanting to. Absolutely. What about you, Holly? What are you grateful for? I am grateful for drum roll, please. I can't do a drum roll. I got my car back. <laughs> so oh, nice. After over a month of my beautiful father working on my car. And everything's good now. It's, 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 it's good. It's good. Yes. He got I it. Love it. And uh, poor man. Shout out yes, Mr. Again. Stark. I know my dad's the best. Um, he also has COVID again, that poor man. Second time with COVID. Thankfully oh, it's no. again. Um, but uh, after last week, last weekend, he thought he had it fixed. And then like my brake lights weren't working. So he thankfully got that piece fixed too. So like everything is now working on the car. Nice. Okay. Um, and my parents are so sweet. Like when I, so I technically drive my dad's car. Um, I had a different car before and it was like really breaking down. So my dad had a shorter distance. So he took over my car. I took over that car. I still have that car. So with that being said, when I took that car, it was like a very quick kind of switch type of thing. So like yeah. my, I, my dad didn't have time to clean it out. And then since then I've lived in apartments. So I haven't really cleaned it out like here and there. Sure. But so it wasn't the cleanest when I probably, when I like dropped it off and my mom, she took out everything out, like cleaned all my mats. Um, she oh my, cleaned my windows on the inside. My dad took it to get a car wash. And I was like, y'all didn't have to do that. Like I, I would so have done nice. it. 
yeah so like, I got this like whole brand new car back um but it was so nice like driving yesterday I like drove myself to therapy and I was like oh, driving myself this is so nice right um after not having a car for over a month like yeah I could not weird. even imagine it, yeah it was the only time I've never not had a car since I've been of age to drive except yeah. when I was in Australia which is like at that point I mean yeah there was specific reasons why I was not driving at that point um yeah. so it's nice also not having to be like oh I really need to go there but I don't want to have to ask Brandon to take me somewhere else you know what I mean so yeah I'm just very grateful to have it back that's so amazing so that's what I'm grateful for this week <laughs> And Holly, what piece of content are you currently consuming that you feel like people should know about? Yes. So this is something that is maybe a little bit niche, uh, but I'm going to mention it anyway. So there's a show on the Food Network that I love called Girl Meets Farm. (laughs) Okay. Um, So it is a chef named Malier, and I love her. She's like our age. Um, Her and her husband just had their second baby. They live in a big farmhouse. um, And she just cooks like she's Asian and um, Asian and uh, Jewish, I believe it is. So she like has like a lot of cool cultural influence in her food, but she also just uh-huh. cooks a lot of, like comforting type of food. So I've watched every episode of Girl Meets Farm. That's not what I'm recommending today. What I'm recommending is if you're into housing and like that sort of like HETV sort of stuff, which I'm also into, they just revenant it. What renovated <laughs> their farmhouse? So on Discovery Plus, they have Girl Meets Farm farmhouse renovation. And nice. I I like I love their farmhouse to begin with. It's like her husband's old family house, and like they're updated it to because they do all the filming for her show, like in yeah. his grandma's old kitchen, which I also think is so cool. Oh, so you said this is on that, HGTV. So it's on Discovery Plus. I think it's technically through oh, okay. Food Network, but okay. This home renovation reminds me more of like an HGTV, but I think it's still tech okay. network, but you know, they're all owned by the same company anyway. Um, yeah, but so it was, yeah, it was just such a cool, cool thing because she does a little bit of cooking throughout the, like this, this special, but like they're building onto their house and she talks about like, because they want to continue filming the show in grandma's kitchen, but when they're filming her and her husband can't just go in there and like get meals throughout the day. Cause they've got, yeah. so like the extension they built is like going to be like their personal kitchen and like living room so they can use that older part of the house for like the filming and stuff and nice. not have to be like you know in their house yeah it'd be like a huge to do disaster to their life especially yeah. two kids um so it was just so fun to see like them in like a different aspect than just like the cooking show um so I don't like I said I just love Molly and her and her husband Nick are just they're so adorable like they have this whole like pizza Friday thing and it's it's in the show but like they bought in this episode they actually got like a huge pizza oven to put on their, their back patio that they redid. Uh-huh. And they're so excited. They're like, Oh my God, pizza Friday. Let's go do pizzas. Now. Like, let's go make them. Like, they're just so cute. I just love them. So That's if you so don't like a little feel good show and you like food, especially like check out girl meets farm or check out the home renovation. If you just want to see that, because they're just a, like, they're just a bubbly couple that like will bring you some positive energy in your world. I love that. Since summer started, me and John have also been doing pizza Friday. So and we get all the stuff from Trader Joe's and just make pizzas. It. It's awesome. I love it. What's your media this week? Um, that's a great question. I haven't been consuming a lot besides TikTok, but I did just watch Love on the Spectrum. I don't know. 
it's oh, on netflix i have heard of that what is it though is it a reality show or is it like a fiction show no i mean it's like a like i've just seen like the cover i don't know what it is it kind of reminds me of like those old tlc shows where it's like hoarders like that's kind of like how it's filmed is like or like wife swap like that kind of creating spaces yeah so it's kind of like that kind of theme okay but it's essentially it's about people who are on the spectrum (laughs) who have autism and like they're dating um like they're dating experiences and things like that and just like the like an insider's view to what it's like to have like to be on the spectrum in like a a large capacity and then also like on a lower capacity like one of the girls she is technically autistic but she kind of grew out of it a little bit as she became an adult and now she just has like really bad OCD and dyslexia so it was just like kind of cool to like see life from a different perspective and like yeah and not that I've never had an understanding because like I wanted to go into special education when I was younger Mm -hmm. um but it was just like cool to see I don't know like learn more about that like something that I never would have I don't know known about like dating on the spectrum you know yeah like something that unless someone told you like you wouldn't have known like how thought out or any yeah so it was just really cool. And I thought that it was like very like just genuine and heartwarming. And it was something that was just like very like I don't know. Lately I just need things like that. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um so. before we wrap up, it was just something I quickly wanna tease. So I know that you and I will have an episode in the future. I don't know a date yet, but about like media we've been consuming in general. Yes. I just want to say I finally finished Nine Perfect Strangers, the book, but also the TV show. So when we do have that episode, I will finally speak my thoughts because I'm stoked um very different that's all we're gonna say right now very different okay not, okay not expect that's what I'm gonna leave it at Holly tells all next episode it's not next episode so Mary's lying next episode well, is our intention on one of our next episodes <laughs> on a future episode coming to you <laughs> yeah that's so funny. Uh, but with that to finally end this episode where can our listeners find us they can find us on Instagram at getfittywithitpod or they can email us at getfittywithitpod at gmail.com. And as always, we'll have all of Varun's links uh, down below as well. So as we mentioned on the episode, if you guys want to follow him on Instagram, you know, follow or help contribute to any of the, you know, multiple projects he's doing, all of his information will be below what he's doing some really awesome stuff, especially with the, like the Feed America and things like that. That is just, mm-hmm. that's so awesome. Um, you know, that especially starting it during obviously the pandemic when so many people were struggling or still struggling to just provide that food and, and especially the hot meals like that goes so far, I'm sure for so many people. So, um, you know, huge shout out if you can contribute anything like, you know, I'm, that's going to help so many people. So, you know, if you have the, the means to please, please do, yeah. we'll, we'll leave the links below. Um, and then, again, in a world where things aren't going great, always look for the helpers. They're yeah. always out there. Definitely. So definitely. And so with that, we'll see you guys back here next week. Uh, happy 4th of July. Cause this is actually coming out on the fourth. So if you're celebrating, stay safe. Don't light yourself up on fire with a firework. They can be dangerous folks. Um, but anyways, or just like, don't do fireworks. My dogs will hate you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say my dogs would hate you cause I don't have dogs, but you know, at fireworks at night, I feel like I'm getting shot because I'm very dramatic and things scare me. And, and then it scares Brandon. Cause he thinks I just got shot in bed. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind. Me and Mary. Yeah, that's it. Like, do what you want, animals. but just like, no, I'll be upset. <laughs>
<laughs> like only do it if you're going to a fireworks ground because that's what they're there for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but with that, we'll see you guys next week. Have a beautiful Bye. <laughs> Thank you.